Hello and welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Dilal. Today we're talking about something a little way out of what we usually do. This is the world of financial influencers or what they call fin influencers. Now, I think everybody on social media today understands who influencers are. They know that these are people with a large following and who are apparently paid to tweet or Instagram or make reels or write LinkedIn posts. Question is, what happens when a social media influencer puts out an opinion which may be, which is paid for and may not be genuine? This question is becoming increasingly difficult to answer and it affects all of us, troubles us, because there's widespread suspicion today about which post, thought, opinion is genuine and which one is paid for. So what happens is on the one hand, you have people, you know, these large number of millions of followers who blindly trust the opinion of an influencer who may be saying something only because they've been paid money to say so. On the other hand, a genuine researched article, a research paper or a view is viewed at with great suspicion because people think everybody is an influencer and nobody does anything unless they've been paid for. All of us have got our moral compass so badly screwed that we need to wade through these issues. But in order to do that, we need to understand who are these influencers and what exactly are we dealing with. So the reason why I'm handling this this time is that someone I came to me and said they had done a sting operation to say how influencers, and in this case, a particular group of influencers talking about financial services acted. Now, before we go into that, let's look at who are influencers. In the past, it used to be movie stars, cricketers, or people who are well-known for very significant achievements. So people used to follow them. We got influenced by their opinion, whether it is about movies or about cricket and techniques, maybe, or issues like health and whatever, politics, history, we looked for expertise. Later, anybody who posted nice, fun, engaging content, TikTok reels, anything that entertained us, attracted a large number of followers. So the minute a person has a large number of followers, then the corporate offers start coming in. People are paying them money. They're saying, why don't you slip in something, say something nice about us and earn more money. Most people fall for it. Who doesn't want to get monetized the time that they spend having fun? It's a great life, isn't it? Now, the lines between genuine and promoted content, like I said, are completely blurred. But what happens in the financial space? You can be badly misled. You can lose your shirt. You can lose your savings. So clearly, financial regulators are worried. They have punished somebody already. And they are looking at regulation. The Securities and Exchange Board of India has said, we are working on it. Nothing has come out as yet. You need to establish ethical boundaries for influencers because in the absence of rules, nobody bothers. It's fair game to say anything about anything as long as the money is good. Apart from SEBI, which is still working on the rules, the Ministry of Corporate Affairs and the Advertising Standards Council, actually working together, have already established their own set of rules in 2021. These have drawn some clear boundaries and responsibilities of influencers. They have some rules, but most of it does not apply to the financial space. And we're looking today at whether this 
works in the financial space at all. So why did this sting operation happen? Because a digital marketing agency was apparently irritated enough at the lack of ethics among influencers. They had been paying them. And then soon enough, those guys go. And after a campaign is over, they've collected their money, are quite happy to embark on a new campaign for a rival uh, company. So they decided to look at whether there are any ethical boundaries at all. Again, like I said, before we go into it, let's look at what this means in terms of money. I must confess that I was pretty stunned at the kind of incomes we are talking about. Top influencers earn substantial amounts of money, large enough for them to throw all ethical considerations to the winds. It's a lucrative occupation, just as some people call themselves independent directors and have turned it into a career to be on the boards of companies. But at least independent directors have to appear for a test these days and are bound by a lot of rules that govern listed companies or even unlisted ones. Financial influencers or pin influencers, on the other hand, could be as young as 20-year-olds. They have no truck with any kind of regulation. They're just out of college. They know nothing about compliance requirements of corporate houses. What they know is the social media. How it works, how to get likes, how to get followers, how to make something viral. And this is a money spinning opportunity. And guess what? Large companies are willing to tap their knowledge and use them to create teams of people who, for want of a better word, are called influencers or fin influencers and incentivize them to sell their own products. Digital marketing companies are constantly looking out for these and offering them money. The flip side, like I said, is you pocket hefty fees for a specific campaign. And once it's over, your two months or 10 tweets or couple of posts, and then you are free to take a rival because that's how the money kicks in. Now, I learned a little bit from these people about what how virality works. We think that it's just the engaging con content. So I hear that some people have created, so they are on a particular platform. They have a private WhatsApp group, which could have anywhere between 100 to 800 members. Obviously, they share the spoils because nobody's going to do it otherwise. These members, the minute there's a post, all create engagements, positive narratives, expand the reach, click, post, share, everything that is aimed at making the post viral. And obviously, money is collected maybe by one person or a group, and I'm pretty sure there's a back-end sharing. This technique can be used for straightforward product promotion, but what happens when it is used for dubious cryptos, Ponzi schemes, multi-level marketing schemes, or outright fraudulent schemes? Don't all of you every single day hear of someone who saw something on social media, who saw something from credible people, put in their money, they said they're going to get high returns or double their money in six weeks, and then they've lost it. So then they come to people like us and say, you investigated without remembering that when you were putting in your money, didn't it raise any red flags or question marks about high returns? This happens because you can be influenced by influencers. So let's look at how this sting worked, what these this digital company did, the stingers, as I'm going to call them, they created a fictitious digital marketing company. So that they had a fictitious name, they had a fictitious email ID, 
And with that ID, since they already were in the field and they knew the names of and uh, contacts of influencers, they began to write to them. Now, obviously, they didn't want to share a number because you go to True Caller and you know who it is. So nobody, first of all, got suspicious that you have an email offering to pay you money within 48 hours, sign an NDA. There's no phone number. Nobody checked the veracity of the agency that was offering them business, point one. Second, they approached about 37 odd people. Who are these people? Top influencers. Many of them were chartered accountants, MBAs, rank holder MPAs, some of them from IITs and IIMs. There was even a very, very high level startup founder who is very arrogant and all over the place, who after being a startup founder, obviously is earning a lot more money being an influencer because his past history obviously gives him credibility. Now, what did the marketing agency do after they reached out to them? They created two fictitious campaigns again. The first was they wanted influencers to create a positive promotions for an initial public offering. They picked an offering that was happening right then. So an IPO that was about to happen, EBIX Cash. No link with EBIX Cash. Mind you, let me reiterate, nothing to do with this company. They just used the name to uh, influence people, influence the influencers in the stick. The second was to create a positive image about Cafe Coffee Day. The spin was going to be that Malavika Hegde, the wife of the founder, Viji Siddharth, who tragically died by suicide, had taken charge of the company and was transforming it, turning it around. Now, those of you who are on social media would remember that the second one has already played out. There was a pump and dump operation. Our stingers say they had nothing to do with it, but it was still going on. There have been media reports. Who influenced them? We do not know. Be that as it may. These are the two stories, which they say were fictitious, which were pitched. So first step, when they wrote to the uh, influencers, nobody had any questions about who are you guys? Who is making the offer? Will my money come? They were quite happy to quote their rates almost instantly. The second experience was they went ahead and even signed a non-disclosure agreement. Almost everybody has signed a non-disclosure agreement. The third step was the two pitches. One was the IPO and one was not. Now, to be fair, where the IPO is concerned, about four or five people backed out because they this is a highly regulated area. So they got cold feet. They were not sure it's working. They did some checking. Four or five came back and said, we don't want to do it. The rest of them couldn't be bothered. They were going ahead. Now, I must say that this is half a sting, okay? Because as far as stinging is concerned, whether they do their due diligence, have ethics or not, we have only come up with one half of it. This real test would have been, are they posting promotions? Like I said, CCD postings were already happening. We don't know who did them. So the second half of the sting has not happened. As far as I'm concerned, that is an investigation that should be done by the regulator, which wants to come up with guidelines. Where I'm concerned, I think people like you who read Money Life or who watch these videos ought to know how to take things, what to look for, first of all how to be a little suspect about what you're listening to and hearing and why you should always watch out for question marks. That is my sole purpose of putting this out in the public domain. The question that you are thinking is, what is the money that makes it all worthwhile? So I'm told that it starts with as little or as much as 10,000. 
and can go up to as much as 7.47 lakhs quoted by the startup person for one post, 7.47 lakhs plus GST, okay, for one post. The range that they charge apparently is between 20,000 to 60,000. Each of them requires a minimum of 30,000 followers or more. And, you know, the amount that is charged depends on the number of followers. So at the lower end, you start with 10,000 to 20, 30, and you can go up to 7.47 lakh. So look at what you are doing. If you're blindly following some of these people, you are creating money-making opportunities for them to make a fool out of you because they are only going to tout whatever it is that they are paid for, usually by large corporate houses. There are lots of different levels of payment in between. Someone is charging 4 lakhs, someone is charging 2 lakhs. Everybody is willing to sell their view for a price. There is a 20-year-old chartered accountant already in a well-paying job who is earning in lakhs by doing this. There are rank-holding CAs who are willing to post something that they have never studied. And of course, there are the startup people who are so big, they say, we have these numbers. You know, honestly, people like me thought we used to laugh about the two rupee trolls. We were clearly unaware of what Gen Z youngsters are willing to do. And we keep wondering why is it that very young people have zero respect for serious research and journalistic work because they think everything is paid for. And this is how the world works. Fake narratives and put money in your bank. Like I said, there's no rules. You would say there are ASCII rules. Usually that applies to things like holidays and you know freebies, restaurant reviews, movies. Movie and the film industry is completely full of it. That's how you see birthday trends and things that are just bought. I'm worried about financial regulation and whether influencers are bound by it or not. Because as you know, most brokerage firms have tie-ups with influencers and get a commission. There are algo writers. Now, Sebi's own study has said 90% of people lose money in algo and derivatives trading. In which case, what kind of algos are these and why are people earning commissions? Are they being encouraged to do frothy trades that only benefit the brokers? Obviously, all of it is happening because people don't make that kind of money. And SEBI has gone after one, made an example out of one rather brazen financial influencer called PR Sundar and fined him 6.5 crore for violating investment advisory rules. After that, people have got a little startled, which is a good thing, but there are still no rules and boundaries. Now, what does the Ministry of Consumer Affairs and ASCII say? They talk about material connections. And this is quite interesting and comprehensive, okay? The money needn't be the cash that I talked about. So it can be incentives, it can be free products, it can be gifts, it can be trips and holidays, it can be media barters. So everyone's earning big money, I promote you, you promote me, those kind of barters, coverage, awards, equity shares, discounts, discounts and benefits and payments given to family members in a personal family relationship, all this is covered by ASCII and DCA. But when have you ever seen this kind of disclosure in the public domain? Have you really seen it? Because failure to disclose is punishable with a ban. We've not heard about anybody being punished. I have not even seen a disclosure. So I asked our stingers, what about you? Have you ever disclosed? They claim that yes, there is a post. 
there's a small hashtag at the bottom. So when there are lots of hashtags, you tend to miss each one of them. Who looks at it? So there may be a hashtag at the bottom which says hashtag ADVT, meaning advertisement, or hashtag paid post. Honestly, I have not noticed them. If you have, please post it in the comments because I would love to see who has been making these disclosures and how many do it. I have not seen any, but this is already applicable across the board, not in the financial sector. So obviously ASCII rules and DCA rules apply to everyone. But my point is that we have a notice set. So clearly the line between truth and hype or even fiction is so completely blurred that most of us are ill-equipped to even see the difference. We don't know if a set of regulations by SEBI is actually going to lead to a dramatic difference, but at least there is a set of rules. So one bunch of people will want to remain ethical and the rest of them do things with the knowledge that if caught, they're going to be punished and will stay within the rules. So rules are really required and we hope that SEBI takes this thing forward. I'm willing to share the information with them, investigates in depth and comes up with sensible workable rules that put, if nothing else, if not the fear of God, the fear of being caught among people who are only concerned with money and have no ethical compass. If you agree, post your comments, tell us what you see, subscribe to this video and share it so that others are aware. Thank you.